This is Position 2014, the Trinity. I'm Mark Pizant. We'll start this evening with the worship and prayer. And our worship this evening will be Romans 11, 33 through 36. And then we'll have uh, Rick come up here and do prayer for us.
Father God, we come before you this night um, in this uh, special meeting, and we pray, Lord, for your spirit to be with us. Father, we um, recognize uh, your sovereignty and your will in all things in our lives and pray that your will will be done this evening. We pray that you would be with those who are um, speaking, that you would be with Sean and those who would ask questions that uh, again, that your will would be done, that, your, uh, that our minds would be open to uh, what you would have us know, Lord. And we're grateful for your word and for uh, your gospel. And most of all, we're grateful for your, uh, your grace and your love and that you would provide a way that we might be able to uh, return and live with you um, and, and pray again, Lord, for your, for your love and peace to be with us this night. Um, even though there are some uh, feelings and strife that we can, uh, that we might be able to do so uh, knowing that we are all just uh, your sons and daughters trying to return to you and, uh, and understand your will and pray that, again, that that would be done and that we would uh, have that in our mind as we go through this evening. And again, thank you for all things and do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, welcome. We've got a packed house tonight. We thank you for coming. Appreciate your guys' support and effort here. Um, this evening, we're going to give you a quick explanation of, of what's going on this evening. Tonight, uh, Sean will be confronted by those that have accused him of heresy for refusing to embrace the term Trinity. So this evening, we'll have uh, the accusers. It looks like we have Pastor Jason Wallace, Pastor Dale Finney, and Rob Savluka, is that right? I apologize if I butchered that. Um, they'll have 30 minutes to, to build a case against Sean. Uh, Sean will get uh, 30 minutes to respond to these accusations. Then we'll take a short 10-minute uh, break. We'll come back with some follow-up questions from the accusers, and Sean will get uh, the opportunity to respond to those as well. Uh, we'll, we'll take some questions, and uh, we'll do answers for you guys in the audience. Anybody that uh, would like to have a question with Sean that doesn't want to come up here uh, after the break, please try to line up over here so we can get through this. We, we're really under limited time. We appreciate your cooperation on that. Um, uh, following your questions, we'll have a quick summary, um, three minutes uh, for each, the accuser and the accused, and then we'll wrap things up at that point. So we will start and we'll get underway. Uh, with the accusers. Gentlemen, you have 30 minutes. Is this proper place? Last week, Sean McCraney sent me an email inviting me to an open house, and somehow between there and now, this has become an inquisition, I find out as I arrive here tonight. I am an accuser. Uh, I am not merely a pastor within Christ's church trying to speak the truth in love, but I am an accuser in an inquisition. Uh, I have a number of issues that I've detailed on the air the last couple of weeks with Mr. McCraney, the Trinity being one of them. Uh, I find out tonight that I'm only allowed to discuss the Trinity. Uh, makes for wonderful television, but hey. Um, 
This is why I have a table with four legs. But at any rate, um, this is a debate for which I am not prepared. I would love an opportunity to do a formal debate for which I have time to much better deal with the scriptures on these matters. But I'm not going to turn away an opportunity to expound God's word. I'm not going to turn away an opportunity to speak the truth. Uh, Mr. McCraney has not defined all his terms. He has explicitly rejected the Trinity, and I'm going to deal with what he has publicly said. He has rejected the term modalism, uh, though he seems to speak in those terms. Uh, modalism is not simply the position of Sibelius, but uh, it has been espoused by a number of different people through Christian history. Uh, modalism has different forms, as taught by the United Pentecostal Church, uh, even before that, uh, Barton Stone in the Campbellite movement, uh, who, by the way, said that all the churches were wrong and everyone needed to leave them and do something new. It laid the groundwork for the Mormon church. Uh, one of the men who was associated with him was Sidney Rigdon, who, of course, leads his congregation into the Mormon church very early on. Uh, Mr. McCraney has said that the Trinity is rooted more in pagan polytheism than it is in the scriptures. Uh, that's not the case. He has said that it is merely an expression of Greek philosophy and was written by men who were more interested in controlling others or something to that effect. If we were having a debate for which I was actually prepared, I would have his quotes exactly but I hope I'm giving a fair paraphrase of what he has said. The reality is that the men who were gathered, the 318 bishops who were gathered at Nicaea in 325, were not a bunch of bureaucrats, not a, a bunch of um, uh, greedy, controlling pastors, but rather they were men who had suffered through one of the per worst persecutions the church had ever known. They were men who had had their eyes gouged out. They were men who had had limbs burned, trying to get them to renounce Christ in the time immediately preceding the conversion of Constantine. The Trinity, though, uh, whatever you might want to say about the Council of Nicaea, did not originate there. The fact that there is one God in three distinct persons was articulated not in exactly the same language as Nicaea, but it was articulated in the hundreds of years prior. The term Trinity is actually a transliteration of the word Trinitas, which was first coined about the year 200 by Tertullian. I'm pulling this off the top of my head. I don't have the exact dates. The, the fact that there is one God clearly is not at issue. Mr. McCraney has said that he believes that there is one God. He has said that that God has manifested himself as fire, as a pillar of cloud. He's manifested himself as wind. He's manifested himself as father. He's manifested himself as son. And he's manifested himself as spirit. That is the language of every modalist through the history of the church. What his particular 
slant on that is, I don't know. He has not espoused that. Uh, I was expecting him to more clearly espouse that last night. Uh, he did not expound on that or anything last night. The question before us is, did Jesus exist as the Son prior to his incarnation? Is there one God portraying himself in different ways, manifesting himself in the language of Mr. McCraney? Or is there true division? Are there three distinct persons and yet one God? Not one God portraying himself, manifesting himself, but are there uh, distinct persons? Is there plurality in the Godhead or is there only unity? Contrary to the Mormons, we say that there is unity in the Godhead. There is not a multitude of gods. But contrary to the modalist, we say that the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father, and yet they are one God. Why would we say this? It has been said that it is only because of Greek philosophy, that it is because there, there were trinities of gods among the Sumerians, and that this was brought from Samaria to the West uh, by the Etruscans, or as they were referred to on the air, the Etruscans. Um, in paganism, were there sometimes a triad of gods? Yes, there were. But what do the scriptures say? What saith the word of God? We have a host of passages that have been dealt with by the church. And since I'm doing this off the cuff, I'm going to do the best I can at pointing you to several of them in the little time I have here. How are we on time, by the way? I'm not sure when we started. Ten minutes in. All right. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Philippians chapter 2, the Carmen Christi, as it is traditionally known. says, beginning at verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. There is distinction. The church wrestled with how do we articulate things that don't fit in our nice, neat little box. What they have tried to do what men and women who have trembled at God's word have tried to do is articulate the fullness of the revelation of God, not try to reduce it to something that they think is reasonable, but to deal with the totality of Scripture, not just individual passages taken out of context. So Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. As I said, Mr. McCraney has not articulated the particulars of his views. He has explicitly, though, rejected the Trinity. He has explicitly rejected a distinction in persons in eternity. And yet here we have... Jesus existing equal with God prior to his incarnation, and then he becomes a man. 
He is the son before the incarnation. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. How do you make those identical persons? How do you make the Son equal with himself? And God makes himself uh, in the form of a man, and God, ex it doesn't make sense. Uh, there's much to be said about the passage. I don't have time to deal with it properly. John 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer. You have Jesus there. This is the fun of doing things on the fly. I don't have notes with this printed out. I have to flip pages to get there. John 17. Jesus says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also may glorify thee. To whom is Jesus praying? The Mormons ask us this all the time. Is Jesus praying to himself? I don't know how when you deny the distinction of persons that is clearly articulated in the doctrine of the Trinity that is not just accepted by Protestants, but Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox and everyone that has stood within the Orthodox stream for not just 1800 years, but all the way back through the church fathers. I invite you to read uh, First Clement written uh, very early in the second century, clearly distinguishes between the persons of the Father and the Son, not just in the incarnation and subsequently, but from eternity. As thou hast given him uh, power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast uh, given him and this is eternal life, that they might know the, thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Who sent Jesus Christ? Did Jesus send himself? I don't know what form of position Mr. McCraney is ultimately going to take. He asked me not to respond to him publicly until he had finished teaching all these things. But when someone explicitly says the church has been wrong for 1,800 years, in fact, the more you read, you find out they've always been wrong, except for Sibelius, except for the United Pentecostals, except for uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, except for uh, the Way International, except for all these various fringe groups through the history of the church they've all been wrong, then it's, um, it's presumptuous in the extreme. Mr. McCraney has invited uh, LDS to come on his show. Uh, I think they actually had some clue they were walking into a debate at the time. Let's have a debate. Let's lay open the scriptures. Uh, another passage I'll point you to, the baptism of Jesus. 
There you see the Trinity manifest in, ter in terms of the distinction of all three persons. And yet, over and over and over, we're told, the script we're told in the scriptures, there's one God. If we're Mormons, we throw out the part about there being one God and we say, well, yes, there's three different gods. No, we can't. We take all scripture, not just a patchwork, crazy quilt collection of passages that seem to back up our particular position. It's not just sola scriptura, it's toto scriptura. So, in the baptism of Jesus, Matthew chapter 3, you have Jesus being baptized when he comes up out of the water. The heavens are opened. The Holy Spirit descends on him as a dove. And the voice of the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I don't know how Mr. McCraney is going to explain that. But historically, uh, modalists say that Jesus is basically being a ventriloquist. Why is it important that there are three distinct persons in the Godhead? I just read it. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. There's far more I could deal with, but I want to give time to my brothers. Uh, John 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Prostantheon. There is distinction. There is the word, there is God. And the word was God. There's unity. How do we, as creatures of dust and ashes, articulate a God who spoke everything in the universe into existence? Number one, I think we have to understand we have to take him at his word. And we don't try to fit him in a little box and say, well, that doesn't make sense to me, so it can't be right. That's Mormonism. So, folks, uh, I'm, I'm glad for this opportunity. It is a conversation. I, I didn't come prepared for this. Uh, but let this not be the end of it either. What we stand for is not... Uh, our little narrow dogmatic understanding of things. This is the faith once delivered to the saints. And it's tradition not because it's a bunch of controlling men. It's because men who love Jesus, who love the Father, who love the Spirit, have laid down their lives for this Catholic in the true sense of universal faith of the Christian church. Jason has my Bible, by the way, so I won't turn to it. My name is Pastor Dale Finley. I'm a, a free will Baptist. And I have been listening to Sean for a long time. And I have come to a, a brick wall. As Jason said, I have not heard him articulate his position on the Trinity. I don't get into the argument of the word Trinity. And by the way, I'm not here to accuse Sean of anything. I think it's a misnomer that it's put that way. I don't know that Pastor Wallace or myself are here to, to, to accuse at all. Ask for clarification, I would.
Historically, as Jason has pointed out, the church has taught from its foundation that God is distinctly a triune God. One God with three distinct persons. That is not a fragment that has been taught, but all of mainline Christianity has taught that. From its inception, not just this century, or not just in the English-speaking world, but it was taught in the early days of, of what we would call Eastern Orthodox. You have to understand church history. In 1054, there was a major split. And you ended up with the Western Church, the Roman Church, and the rest of the Eastern Churches. Both of them agreed on the Trinity. There was no argument, no question. The area that came into play in the Nicene Creed had nothing to do with the nature of the Trinity. But both Catholicism and Orthodoxy, and by the way, you're Anabaptist as well, all accepted the doctrine of the Trinity. There was not a fragmented church in existence in the early days of the church that did not accept the Trinity. And I don't understand how we can decide differently. I can't. I can go to scripture and prove it. But how do we expand, how do we expand our knowledge and think we are above the rest of the church? In order to do that, we have to say the rest of the church is apostate and for a better word, damned. And to do that, we had better be ready for a backlash like we have never seen. As a free will Baptist, I like to think that I go by this and not by this and definitely not by my feelings. What I think is less important than what this says. Jason pointed out John, John 1, 1 and others in John 3. I, I, I can go many other places. I don't think I need to. But when Mr. McCraney will come out and state his doctrinal positions and give factual proofs biblically to support his viewpoints, I'll understand it. I won't kiss you. Forget the holy kiss business. My name is Rob Savalka. I am the president of Courageous Christians United. I've emailed Sean before. We've talked on the phone before. I've never had the privilege to meet him, so I'm thankful I could be here tonight. I've written a blog that I put out on my site this week critiquing your view of God and your rejection of human accountability other than financial called Sean McCraney is a heretic and needs adult supervision. The fact of the matter is we all need adult supervision. Yes. Now I want to thank you, Sean, for all the ways that God has used you and continues to use you to bring Mormons out of Mormonism and to himself. Nonetheless, I and many others no longer regard you as a brother in Christ due to your rejection of the triune God of the Bible. This is our God that you are attacking, claiming it's pagan and garbage. 
the first commandment is you should have no other gods beside me. Jesus warned of false Christs and false prophets who would come in the last days, Matthew 24, 24. He taught that eternal life is knowing the only true God in Jesus whom he has sent. The apostle Paul said that idolaters will not inherit the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. So that's why this is so important, you guys. I had a lot of people this week that aren't really sure why this really matters. People have given their lives for this topic on the Trinity. You understand that? And what we're claiming here is that Sean has departed from Orthodox Christianity and is teaching another God. And as Psalm 16 verse 4 says, their sorrow shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Why do we, now let me clear things up here in case you're a little confused about this. Say we have a spectrum here. On one side, we have the Mormon view. On the other side, we have Sean's view or the United Pentecostal view. Right in the middle, you have traditional Christianity. On the Mormon view, you have three gods who are separate, each of whom had to become exalted into this Godhead team. So they're one in purpose. You understand that? Okay. Now on the other side, you have Sean's view or the United Pentecostal view that has been condemned as heresy for about 2000 years now. And that view says, no, we don't agree with the Mormon view because we think that there's only one God and that God is one person and he has different manifestations. Sometimes he appears as a father, Sean's a father. Sometimes he appears as a son, Sean's a son, right? You see, he's still one person, okay? He just has different ways of manifesting himself depending on how you're looking at him. Now, in between these two views, you have what's called traditional Christianity. And traditional Christianity says, we don't agree with the Mormons. We agree with the United Pentecostals, Sean, that there is only one God. We're solidly monotheistic. So we reject the Mormon God about this team having to come into being. But we reject Sean's view. Why? Because we don't think God is one person. We think that God has eternally been, and we, think, we don't just think this because tradition, but we think this is clear. Jason pointed out these passages in the Bible that are crystal clear that God is eternally made up of more than one person. I'll add one more here. Luke 22, 42, Jesus identified that he was a person who had a will which was different from the will of another person that he was submitting to, namely the Father. And that is really the beauty of the Trinity because within the nature of God, you have the Son from eternity voluntarily submitting himself to the authority of the Father. You don't have that in Sean's view. Why? Because there's only one person who takes on different manifestations, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, fire, wind, mist, all that. But it's only one person and one God, which by the way, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he's not in it, he's in he. He's the third person of God. He's not an inanimate force or power as the power of God as you seem to be making him out to be. So I think 
you know, I'm here because I love you, Sean, and I think that you are on the road to hell, and I'm trying to help you. I don't want to see you go there. I'd like you to spend eternity with us worshiping the triune God who has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a distinction in persons. Okay, thanks. I love you, brother. Gentlemen, thank you for coming tonight. We appreciate you being here and making your, your point. Uh, you know, we're thankful that you guys are involved here. Uh, Sean, uh, we're going to give Sean 30 minutes to respond to these, and then we'll take a short break. Ready? Test, test, test. Good? All right. Uh, all three of these brothers, I consider them my brothers, uh, have not heard me articulate, articulate my full opinion on this. Um, my view is not that of the United Pentecostals. And the reason that we called this gathering is because two of them, I don't know about uh, Pastor Dale, but uh, two of these brothers, one who greeted me with a holy kiss or hug, and the other one who said he really doesn't know anything about has done two t live television programs, hour long, um, going after one show where we started to examine the notion of Trinity. Two full hours chronologically trying to uh, obliterate my Christianity and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Pastor um, Jason Wallace. Uh, Rob Savolka, without having the facts, admittedly, I haven't heard Sean on this, has done blogs. He has called me a heretic. This is official. Sean McCraney is a heretic. Without talk, They talk about accountability. Where's the accountability that stopped these men from going after a brother in Christ without hearing the facts? I wrote to Jason Wallace and I said, please do not exercise patience. Wait till you hear everything, Jason. No, I'm going forward. So, I want to first say to my accusers, they say they're not accusers, they are accusers except for Pastor Dave Finley, and he may be, I don't know. There's other, uh, Brian Hurlbut, a pastor in this valley, has done an entire YouTube program against me. Are you here, Brian? Why aren't you sitting up here? You've done a, you're an accuser. Why aren't you here? You knew the plan. Come here and accuse me. Publicly accuse me. You, you do it on video, but you can't do it here. Right, let's get the word well, yeah, the word was out. You're here, aren't you? What's wrong? You see, this is the problem. Let me tell you. Sit down. This is the problem. Sit down. Yeah, yeah. You see, they think it's secular anarchy. It's all misunderstanding. And what they do, this is the thing. What you do is you shoot and then you aim, and then you find out the facts. And that is what has been proven here. They have a chance to come and confront me, but they all say, well, we don't really have the facts, but they have all in the public. Hey, listen, I gave you, I gave all of you the right to talk. I didn't interrupt you. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. Give me my forum. Now listen, the whole thing is, they have lambasted me in public view and, and brothers and sisters to the LDS without knowing the facts. That is why we are here. So I'm here to give you the facts. All right? Let me do it as a Christian anarchist. 
I want to first say that I love these gentlemen, not because I feel it, I feel like punching them in the face, but because I am commanded to love them by my king, and he is my God and my king, the Lord Jesus Christ, separate and distinct from the Father. I publicly acknowledge to each of them that they, I know, are believers in the same King and God. I don't use their name in public. I have never confronted them in an online blog. I have never used any of their names on our shows, nor any other Christian that has attacked me ever on our shows. They do. They all do. Because while they can lambaste me for being a, an anarchist, a Christian anarchist, I would now say they are cowards. And they don't stand up and call me and say, I have issue, let's sit down. They first write, they first publish, they first broadcast, and then they call and say, now we'll talk. That's wrong in the body of Christ. We have to stick together in this state, and it, we are not doing it. And this type of thing rallies people against each other and divides, which is Satan's purpose. A few days ago, I sat down with a brother in Christ I have known for years. He said, Sean, I question your Christianity completely. Rob Savolka just said, you are not a Christian brother because you have renounced the Trinity. I was absolutely astounded, but I shouldn't have been. Our topic tonight has historically proven to be, in, to be incendiary fodder for all manner of unconscionable actions taken by Christians against Christians historically. They talk about these guys who have suffered let me tell you something, between 342 A.D. and 343 A.D., more Christians slaughtered other Christians over the topic of Trinity than the entire Roman Empire ever put a Christian to death. Did you know that? Christians killing Christians. That's why. Over what? Trinitas. From this alone, you'd think that the Christian God was good with his children attacking and killing each other as long as they understood the Trinity properly. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, Jesus, my Lord and King, the Word of God made flesh, he dwelt among us after being baptized. He went to the wilderness uh, and he met Satan there. And in response to each of Satan's temptations, Jesus included the line, it is written. It is written. It is written. Every time it is written, I wholeheartedly believe and embrace every single verse in this Bible as it is written. I trust in the contents of the book. I try my best in my limited ability as a man to teach the contents of the book. I accept what it says by it, through it, from it, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. We know him. We test all things by it, and I encourage everyone I teach to challenge every single thing I say by this book. Every single thing I say. It is the Word of God, and the word Trinity is not in it. It's not in this book. Laugh away. I gave you respect. Give me mine. The word Trinity is not in this book. I believe this is by divine design. 
a design that has been overlooked by men who surreptitiously decided but that what that book provides and teaches and describes about his being was not enough. It's not enough what that book says. We have to come together and come up with a word. We have to come together and write out creeds that describe what that book says instead of trusting in that book. And then these guys who did it, like the guys who follow it, like Ellen G. White and Joseph Smith and Muhammad and Swedenborg and many, many others like them have brazenly added their addendums to it. Angel Moroni, not in this book. Calvin, not in this book. Tulip, not in this book. Monergism, sola anything. Modalism, Nicene, Apostolic, Athanasian creeds, not in this book. God did not include those words in this book for a reason. These are the constructions of men who believe they have had the right to tell us what the book says, how to categorize it, its contents, and if needed, how to justify assassinating people by it. Somehow along the way, they have forgotten that we, by the grace of God, have been saved by faith through his shed blood. And not by intellect, not by creeds, not by words or definitions, but by the skin of our teeth. I have gradually come to stop supporting all constructs of men. The minute I walked from Mormonism, because men and man, by and through constructing demanded terms and definitions, have simultaneously constructed scaffolding on which to hang people. And once these scaffolds have been erected and embraced by the masses, 1,800 years of embracing these scaffolding that men have created, not the word, they're able to renounce and hang anybody on it who don't agree with them. In Calvin's day, the assassinations were literal. In ours, personal, and in the electronic halls of social media. We have to try and see what's happening clearly here tonight. The religious traditions of man are being used as grounds to attack and malign a person who challenges and questions them. Like you, a man who loves the Lord. The Pharisees frothing in the traditions of men took Jesus and killed him. The Catholic Inquisition starting in 12th century France were a concerted effort to defend religious tradition. These two ended in deaths of believers all in the name of God. Calvin in Geneva, aiming at, a, and at maintaining his views of Scripture and, and his man-made definitions of how things need to be, took failing believers who did not live the word in their flesh, and he, and he subjected them to uh, physical torture, even death. He allowed them to go to death because they didn't agree with his traditions. It's no different today. This zeitgeist lives on with a difference being that inflicting physical pain or putting people in prison for their understanding of God's word who left things very vague in ways. They can't kill you now, but they kill you in social media. I'm sure if they could kill you now, you would see me burning at the stake with the spirit that's in the people to defend man-made traditions. 
Listen closely. Had God wanted us to define him by the word Trinity, he would have certainly included the word in his scripture. He would have done it. He would have done it. To justify its existence opens the door wide to all sorts of extra-biblical writings and thoughts and ideas from the minds of man. But for some odd reason, and in the face of a wide variety of biblical descriptions of himself, including that he is one, that he is from everlasting to everlasting, that he is spirit, that he is a consuming fire, that he is a father, that, his, that he was made flesh, that he is a son, that he is a Holy Spirit... He has completely and totally rejected and omitted the word Trinity. He has never used it, but we have like fish bit into it and just regurgitated it as though it was just, yeah, that's the thing. My accusers are no different than the LDS. They've adopted and embraced and rigidly enforced a non-biblical term and creed that must be upheld or the label heretic is assigned to your person and insults are applied to you. If I were LDS, I would confront men like this on their television programs and their blogs and their disgrace book posts and I would point out that in no uncertain terms where they accuse me, a Mormon, of following a man, they are not one bit different. Not one bit. Calvinists, by definition, follow the teachings of a man named Calvin. This was no different than the Mormons following the, 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 the teachings of a man named Smith. Oh, no, 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 the Calvinist cries. We don't follow John Calvin. Everything he says in harmony with the Bible. And the Mormons say the same thing about Smith. I just want to read the Bible. I just want to see what it says. So I'm trying, trying and constantly failing, but trying to not only pursue biblical truth unadulterated by men and their terms and creeds, but I am additionally trying to clear the field in the Mormon Christian debate where truth can be assessed from a truly biblical worldview and not one colored by any doctrines or philosophies of men, whether they come from Calvin or Smith or anyone else, myself included. To understand me and the methods and approaches we take in this ministry, it would be beneficial to understand that behind everything we do, there's a purpose for it. Maybe this and understanding this will end theological witch hunts. How much time, Derek? You're, you're what is behind everything we say and do begins with the letter M. Mormonism man, methods, and our mission. Please don't take this as an admission out of context. I do not, at least I don't purposely, try to bend, add to, take away from any biblical truth. In light of the four M's, I am cognizant of their presence though, when I speak and when I teach. If a person does not have a very strong grasp of the ins and outs of Mormonism, the first in, if they rely on or seek the approvals of man, if they are resistant to unheard of or strange methods 
uh, or if they don't know or are unaware of, of, of my life's mission, it's quite likely they will find themselves doing a fifth M, and that's misunderstanding me, which is what has happened. And often when misunderstanding is in place, most people jump to the 6M, which is malign the character of the one misunderstood. Before I publicly address these four M's, I want to tell you that I love, I worship, I adore the Lord and God, Savior, Jesus Christ. Let it be perfectly understood in light of blogs and, and posts and disgrace book comments by the experts that I don't believe Jesus is God. It is, a, it is a lie. He is my God and King. And the Father, God, and the Holy Spirit, God. And the three, and the one, all of that. I said that on the first show. That caused this whole ruckus. That seems to be avoided. I said, please don't take this wrong. I'm not a modalist. I said that plainly. Don't think that I'm saying the Father became the Son and the Son became the Holy Spirit. I am not saying that. My only point relative to it at all is that John, which was quoted here in the beginning, was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. It doesn't, John does not say in the beginning was Jesus. Jesus got His name when He was born. The Trinity teaches that Jesus, the name Jesus, existed as the Father's Son pre-creation. My only point is that Jesus became, the Word became Jesus. That's my only thing. That's the only thing I have with it. That, that, that Jesus, yes, he was Jesus, but pre-incarnate, he was the Word of God. John says that. I don't. And yet it's now gone into this blasted thing where I have brothers in Christ saying, I am not a believer. I'm not a brother. I'm a heretic. Stand in my shoes and be on television addressing Latter-day Saints who say, you follow the traditions of men and I can say you do. And it's back and forth. What do I, what can I do? So let's talk about the methods. Mormonism. Let's talk about Mormonism. First, most of the stuff on the Trinity is a result of this background element in everything we do. My purpose is to help and to continue to help the LDS come to know the true and living God. When you get in a dialogue with a Latter-day Saint and you say Trinity, and I know there are ex-Latter-day Saints here who are still like, what? Trinity? Man-made construct? Well, except that one, except the man-made one that we use and our creeds that describe it, but just don't accept Joseph's. I say, that's got to be done away with somehow. We have to explain this in another less archaic definition. Something that isn't written by 4th century men who believe the earth was flat still. Let's look at the, what the Bible says and let's teach what the Bible says, not what men have said. This is not syncretism. This is not ecumenism. I'm just trying to take man-made descriptions, set them aside as a means to help comprehension and assimilation of people who have from birth been taught the Trinity is a man-made creed, and they're right. <sighs> While this approach doesn't please the scholars out there and the apologists and the street preachers who rip up Books of Mormon and throw them at the feet of LDS children and stomp on it. <sighs> it does work. 
as a method to reach the people who are in this state, who I love. This brings me to the second M, man, men, mankind, humanity. I strive to love all people and respect them. I have difficulty in that area with anger. The attitude really troubles some believers because I do not care what you collectively think. And they attack me for it. I am not one of the boys. I don't care about your politics. I don't care about Americanism and evangelical Christianity and stopping abortion and killing the fags. None of that matters to me and I don't want any part of your rhetoric. I don't compromise as a means to succeed with the brethren to gain approval. So while I do love individuals and individuals who know me, I will serve you, forgive you, I will turn the other cheek, but I will never join your fray. It's not because I think I'm better, I'm actually insane. But it's how I was made. The Lord made me this way. It's not personal, but that's how the king uses me. In the book of Job, God responds to Job's complaints and insights. And he asks him in the last chapters, where were you when I did this, Job? Where were you when I did that? Do you know when this happened, Job? How about when that happened? How did you, do you know how I created the wild goat, Job? How about the power of Leviathan, Job? In chapter 39, God, in his questioning of Job, perfectly describes me. Did you know that? He perfectly describes Sean McCraney. It's true. He says in Job 39, 5 through 8, asking Job, Who has set out the wild ass free? Or who has loosed the bands of the wild ass? Whose house I have made the wilderness and the barren land his dwellings? He scorns the multitude of the city. He neither regards, he neither does he regard the crying demands of the driver. The range of the mountains is his pasture and he searches after every green thing. That is our God describing a wild ass, Sean McCraney. And that is how he has made me. Don't like it, freaking turn the channel or go to another church. I don't care. I don't care about your thoughts on your YouTubes. I don't care. I care about people and coming to know the truth. You care about being right. I'm not right on anything. 90% I'm wrong, but I care about people and truth. In the church today, we aren't accustomed to wild asses, at least not from the pulpit or on TV. Our more refined brothers want to corral them and put saddles on them and tell them how to think and believe and what words to use and what creeds to adopt so they can fit in and feel safe and protected within the confines of man. But the wild ass response is always the same. Nay! I don't care one whit for your collective beliefs, your group think your most popular Christian pastimes or your Christian culture, but I do care about you. And I care about your LDS family and friends who are in this state. And I care about the cult and the control it has on these poor people. And I care about people who are deluded. And if you as my brother or sister enjoy or believe such things, it's okay with me. I don't care, I love you the same. But rest assured, if man is behind it as a favored position, I will most likely challenge it. And in the end, probably kick and buck against it. The way I see it, my king and his kingdom are not of this world, even the world that's called Christian. Flowing from this general yet somewhat unconventional approach to the faith comes unusual methods. 
methods that are not understood, methods that are not appreciated or readily embraced. Those who know and love me accept my idiosyncratic ways with great patience, but even they are greatly challenged by them. But try and remember, most of the methods extend out of the Mormon Christian debate and my refusal to please men. This brings me to the final M of our mission. Almost everyone involved in the face-to-face -face ministry that we do know that we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth, and in truth to bring all to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through this media ministry, to grow in our ability to walk in faith and love by studying the scriptures verse by verse instead of entertaining people, and to manifest these things in and through Christian action. Few of my accusers have ever witnessed any of these endeavors. My accusers sit back behind their keyboards or behind their cameras, and they make statements of judgment upon a brother because he makes one thing, and he says, listen, I don't like the word Trinity. I don't, I, I don't even accept the word Trinity. I believe God manifests himself in fire and smoke and in, a, and in flesh. And they called it modalism. They didn't even have a chance to understand what I meant. The attacks came. That's what this is about. So I could be heard from you and it could be put on film. And the people who are watching all over the nation and parts of the, uh, of the world are able to hear that I love the Lord Jesus Christ and he is my God and king. And I'm not a modalist. I just don't believe Jesus' name was Jesus in the beginning. I don't think anywhere in the Old Testament we see the father called the father or we see Jesus called the son. Except in Daniel, we're not even sure of that. Never. It wasn't talked about that way. There was hero Israel. There is one God. He became flesh. His word became flesh. His breath became the Holy Spirit. I believe in one God. That simple thing of then saying it's possible that the influence of heresy that had came from the Sumerians and the Babylonians had influenced the thinking at Nicaea. Remember, they talk about all the great guys at Nicaea, the bishops who came together. Who did they come together under? A guy named Constantine. For what purpose? To try to come in and, 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 and capture and package up God and use him to control the masses. I'm not saying the bishops were far afield. I essentially agree with almost everything the Trinity says. I just don't like the word. Let's get rid of it from our vernacular, at least in this state. So here's some official remarks, and we'll go to eat. The terms Trinity and the creeds that attempt to describe the term Trinity are man-made, so I reject them. On these grounds alone and for the reasons I have stated, I do not believe any Christian has the right to demand that another believer receive such man-made terms or creeds or demands us to receive anything else. The, if the Holy Spirit is within us, if the Holy... Mary, don't get involved with him. Mary, do not get involved with him. Mary, Mary, do not. Mary, Mary, Derek, please remove my wife from her, from him. Come eat, come eat lunch with us sometime in the state. Come sit down at a restaurant to hear how people are. You think you can sit behind your computers and you can laugh at the things that go on. Go ahead and smile, Jason. You're lucky I'm a Christian. I'll tell you that. You know, we, we, we say, we, we, we proclaim love for each other, but that love is only extended as long as everybody conforms. Amen. It's a lie. We are free in him. Freedom in Christ. 
He is our God and King and the Holy Spirit lives within us. I, I, am, I am fully standing on that. I'll finish up. I, per, I, 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 I am convinced that the Lord did not include Trinity in the Bible so that we cannot deride or torture or kill each other over things like this, which is what is happening. I purposely believe God has left it very difficult for human beings to capture him and put him in the box. They said we can't put him in. That's what we've done with that word is we've boxed him up. And I purposely, I, I, I believe God has said, you're not going to box me up with your little minds. I don't care if there's 5,000 priests sitting around a table under Constantine, you're not going to do it. And that's all I'm trying to tell people through our programs and everything else. It, do I worship Jesus as God? Yes. Is the Father God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Is there one God? Yes. All those things that are so incomprehensible, I absolutely believe. Anyone who believes the Trinity uses the term are my brother and sister. Anybody who's a Calvinist and believes in the five points is my brother and sister. I don't divide on those lines, but I will stand against them as we talk and communicate. But I believe that it is, the Trinity is a man-made construct to de describe God to the best of man's ability. And this is just not acceptable to this wild ass. God bless you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a short break, 10-minute break. For our video audience, please stay tuned. Uh, get, a, get a break, get a drink, come back. Don't turn off your channel. We will be back in 10 minutes. We'll have follow-up questions from the pastors here, and Sean will have a 15 minutes to respond to those. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Once again, this is Inquisition 2014, the Trinity. We would like to, uh, can we please, please hold her down? Once again, this is Inquisition 2014, the Trinity. We would like to thank uh, our pastors here today, uh, Pastor Wallace Finley and Sibluka, Sibulka, um, and we'd like to thank Sean McCraney as well. So in this session, we're going to do some follow-up questions. Uh, our pastors will have 15 minutes to uh, once again uh, build a case, and then we'll give Sean 15 minutes to respond. Gentlemen. which we were invited, or at least I was invited, has become an, has become an inquisition. Is it, is it working now? I can project, but I'm... Sean, how is it that the open house you invited me to has become an inquisition? The inquisition was on your show. This is a confrontation for me to explain myself. So, Sean, after your show, you're referring to me as a local pastor, calling me a man of weak mind, calling me uh, a wimp, calling me uh, a host of uh, derogatory terms for asking to whom you were accountable. Uh, that's, that's how this became an inquisition, and I didn't need to be informed of it then. Uh, I sent you an email, Jason, that said, Jason, we are holding an open door meeting. We are doing this so believers with issues can confront me. Hope you that have issue will attend and air grievance that stands between us. Okay. 
Do we have a pastor who's lying? No, did not. That email was sent to you open on... open house is how you described it. Not no, an open door meeting. Okay, I'm sorry. I believe I'm it was sorry. called an open house. Oh, I have it right of, here. You want to read it? No, I'm saying in some of your publicity. Uh, Sean, is the term Bible or anarchy found in the Bible? No. But okay. archie is. So A-R-C-H-E in the Greek. Why do you use the term anarchy or anarchist uh, when it's not found in the Bible? Uh, I use the term in the title of our church. Uh, there's many titles of churches that aren't in there, and really it's a statement to say that as a Christian anarchist, we go to the first archie, Christ. We don't have any others that we appeal to. So That's you the believe, meaning of it. So you believe that uh, anarchist is an appropriate term to describe a concept taught in Scripture, but it is not a term that is used directly in Scripture. Well, I don't kill people who don't use it. <laughs> uh, but you do call them Pharisees and the same as Mormons. Well, if they attack um, me on air like you have, yes. Uh, Sean, uh, when you denounced the churches as uh, just trying to control people, that uh, evangelical churches were no better than uh, Mormonism, that pastors wait, wait, are greedy and worried about wait, the Wait, wait, you're, you're making a very hasty generalization that you're giving me, you're, at, you're assigning a quote to me that was not a quote. So make sure if you're going to quote me, you do it right, because I did not say that. Sean, it's kind of hard. I guess it's, I guess we can. I'll just shut up. All right, go ahead. Uh, the, the show that I'm referring to especially, uh, two shows, the, the, the one beginning of 2013 and then Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, um, you denounced uh, all evangelical churches, uh, you denounce pastors as greedy, as worried about their ego, you call pastors pompous, and uh, you've, you've done all these other things. When did you come to us, Sean, before denouncing all of us? Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, For years, Sean, you have rejected Mormonism as Christian. And yet when we publicly reject your teaching as Christian, uh, it doesn't get categorized as in love as you kept insisting that your critique of Mormonism was, but somehow or another it is uh, uh, cowardice. Uh, I'm here. And I'm willing to discuss these things further. Does that make me a coward, Sean? Uh, let's see. At what point, Sean, when you call the Trinity pagan polytheism and unbiblical garbage, am I allowed to respond? How long should I have, have, should I have to wait for you to give all the nuances of your position before responding to it from Scripture? You've used the word stated that Trinity is not in the Bible. I will agree that the word is not in the Bible. But you also said that the creeds 
are wrong, if I'm correct in that. I believe I am what understood that. It seems to me that there was one Joseph Smith who stated he talked to God and asked which church should he attend. He said, and supposedly God said to him, none. They're all wrong and all their creeds are an abomination. My question is the reason you don't support the Trinity, is it because you have not lost all of the Mormon teaching and that you still accept a lot of the Mormon teaching? Because if the creeds are an abomination, that is exactly where that comes from. And by the way, the church responded very quickly to when Joseph Smith said that. And I think Joseph Smith got upset, and I think I understand why you're upset. But I think you also need to look at, am I really, have I really distanced myself? That's why I come up with that. You mentioned anarchist. The word anarchist in the Bible would be translated rebellion. And I'll leave you with that. And I can go to Mark 13 to show that. Anarchy, by definition, is freedom without restraint. If you are without restraint from your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you are not accountable to them, you are in anarchy, and you are in rebellion. Okay, when did any of us say that we, didn't, we, we don't have our facts? I, I don't remember that, okay? And can I uh, quote from, if you go to my blog, you can read the facts, okay? I looked, I watched your show, uh, episode 380, twice. I watched your show 381, twice. I uh, quoted very carefully in my blog. Can I read you this quote? I'd like to read this quote, and I'd like to see if you really will back this up, if this is really what you believe, and if this is what you believe, I'd like to know what the argument is for it. You say there's simply being God, a monotheistic God, who has manifested himself in a number of different ways. He has appeared as fire. He has spoken as a still small voice. He has spoken as thunder. He has appeared as clouds. He has appeared as mists, as wind, an assortment of other ways. Were they all God? Yes, manifestations of one God. Did this man... God manifest himself in spirit? Well, that's the first way he manifested himself to this earth from what we can tell. This single monotheistic God also, listen, also manifested himself in flesh. That's all. Not a new second or third person of a singular God, co-equal in three persons of equal authority and power and knowledge with other persons. It's just another, albeit fleshly, manifestation of the single God. The only deal about God being the or a father is in relationship to becoming a son. He was not a father until he manifested himself as the son. Then he became the father. There's really no more complicated than this. God is one who manifests himself in a bunch of different ways. If the manifestation is from God, then the manifestation 
is God, sent by the one God to teach us of himself. Okay, if you stand by that, that's modalism, whether you want to accept it or not, that's what everybody knows modalism to be. So I'd like to know, if you believe that, I, I'm not here to debate uh, syntax with you, Sean. I want to get at the semantics. What is the meaning behind these terms? I don't care if you want to, uh, the screen kept saying, we're here to call you on your not using the term, the Trinity, that's baloney. We're not, we don't care about the term, the Trinity. We're caring that, do you believe at the beginning that there was more than one person there? If you, or ego or consciousness, if you say, no, there was only God and he manifests himself in different ways because I don't want to have anything to do with that Trinity business that says that there is more than one person there at the beginning, then if that's what you believe, then everybody ought to know that's what modalism is. Whether you like to choose to use the term or not is irrelevant. Who cares about the syntax? Now, if that's true, if that's what you believe, then what's the argument? I haven't heard one argument for that as you got up here and did your diatribe on us. What is the argument for their no trinity? Oh, it's just a bunch of pagan nonsense that uh, was influenced these guys to put out in very precise scholarly language what the Bible, which Jason and what was your name again? Dale. Phil, Phil, Dale, Dale have tried to argue. We didn't argue church history or the creeds here. We tried to go to the text and say, what makes more sense here? That's what you wanted us to do, and we've done it. We've argued from the text. So show us where we're wrong in all these biblical verses that we brought up. As a matter of fact, if you say that the Father and the Son weren't there in the Old Testament, I'd like to know what your understanding is of Proverbs verse 30. Who, and we're asking questions here, who has ascended up into heaven? Who has descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? Huh? Jesus. Okay. And what is his son's name? Jesus? It doesn't say Jesus. This is Proverbs 30. Somebody in the audience said, oh, it's Jesus. It says the son was there at creation. Okay. Proverbs 30, verse 4. I'd like to hear the arguments and not another diatribe. Sean, one last question. Uh, what exactly have I misrepresented you about in the two programs that I've done? What words have I put into your mouth what statements have I made that were not directly tied to your statements publicly? Was that guy who yelled back here, was that a plant by you? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, thank you again. Uh, we're going to give Sean 15 minutes to respond, and then we'll be taking questions from the audience. So if you have a question, uh, get ready. We're going to need you to line up over here. We have limited time, so please keep them brief. Thank you. Um, 
I'll try to start. I'm going to start with Jason's last question. Jason, I have never watched you or your show, uh, so I have no idea what you said. Um, but uh, I don't. Uh, I have gotten emails. People tell me things that you've said, and the problem is not that you've said them. The problem was is you came to me, and uh, the context of this really is Jason has spoke about Christian anarchy. There is a pastor in this valley. Christian anarchy came up. He spoke against us once. He spoke against us again. I contacted him. Will you please talk to me? He said, I won't do it again. My wife, my children, people who read the emails can verify this. And then within a week when we started covering Trinity, I got an email and he said, I'm going out, I'm going to cover what you're saying on the next show. And I wrote him back and I said, please don't do that. I said, wait until I've at least covered everything and get it out contextually before you do it. He said, I'm going to cover it anyway. So there's the context of your question, Jason. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I think the email that I sent you was clear and open. You're claiming that you don't know what's here, that you've been blindsided. I think you knew exactly what this was for. And, uh, you know, if I was wrong in that, I, I apologize. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't claim to uh, have a stronghold on administrative things. So I could have done many things to uh, lead you the wrong way. Uh, if I, uh, the reason I called you a coward on, the, on our program, did I use your name? I did not. I've never used your name. Uh, I sent a pastor on a local program. He might think, Jason might think he's the only pastor on TV, but he's not. Uh, so I didn't specifically pick him out as he's saying, and I, I just said there's a pastor who cowardly went after me, and he did. To me, it's cowardly. Uh, this is what the Bible says to do. If you have aught with your brother or if, you, or, if, or if your brother has aught with you, you go and you do it. So that's what we're doing. Uh, same, same thing holds true with um, Rob Savolka. I've never met Rob, but uh, with, he, he heard the show and instead of finding out facts, he did what I'm complaining about. He didn't come to me. He never ca called me. He never sent me an email. He wrote his blog. See, Rob is in the business of bashing Mormons. That's Rob's business. And when you have a, a counter view to how he does it and his methods, he attacks you. And this is a counter view. For me to say in our, in our, uh, in our interaction with LDS people, let's drop the word Trinity. I'll get to your other questions. The creeds, uh, as far as the creeds, when I read the creeds, uh, they confuse me to no end. And the interesting thing about the creeds, creeds is the Nicene Creed was about this long, and then the Apostolic Creed, which was rejected, got to be about this long, and then the Athanasian Creed got to be about this long. And they're all for men just trying to describe what the Bible already tells us. Can I not be a Christian pastor and say, I believe what the Bible says? The Bible says Father is a spirit. I believe that. The, the Bible says God manifested himself as a cloud to the ancient Israel. I believe that. The Bible says that God spoke to people in a still, small voice. I believe that. And so I believe those are his manifestations to his people. He, they, the, the, their blogs and the things that they have written said, Sean McCraney says God is a, is a smoke and a fire and a mist and a vapor, making it seem like I have become a heathen that's out there worshiping nature. Completely unfounded, not based on anything I've ever taught, just based on, on, on cut and paste and then go after. And that's my complaint here. If we can walk away from this tonight and we all agree, whoever's in this, to not do this to each other, I will consider tonight a success. 
I, I, will, I will covenant with you that tonight I will not go after anybody in ministry again. I made a mistake in January of last year by being so pissed at the church is not teaching the word. I let my mouth go. It got me in trouble. I got kicked off TV 20 for going after the local churches. But it doesn't flow both ways in our life. Because 20 now allows the, one of their pastors to go after me by name and church name with wild abandon. How come? Do you not believe, Jason, that this church fills up with people on Sundays who love the Lord? That I, that, I mean, and, and Jason, I know that the people who are in your church love the Lord, and I know you do. I am not claiming infallibility in, my, in the way I do things. I'm just saying we have to bury the hatchet. We have to stop the, the nitpicking. You guys have jumped on me like dogs on, whatever dogs jump on, uh, by my stepping into this venue, but it's just a method to reach the Mormons and to get this, this thing out of the way like I explained. All right. Um, the other pastor, Pastor Dale, he said, the Mormon teachings are still in me. Um, I, you, you know, he may, he, he may have a point in some respects. I mean, we are where we came from. I still enjoy watching Mormon naivete. I still love my neighbors who are LDS through and through, and maybe I resonate to some of that stuff still. I can't be so uh, arrogant to say there's nothing about Mormonism in me. Maybe the creedal uh, refusal by Smith flowed into me, but maybe Smith wasn't wrong on that. He doesn't mean that God had a body of flesh and bone. Smith was a liar. He was a con man. But because it's just like this moral absolutism, because Smith was a liar and a con man and he constructed all these fake visions and fake things, doesn't mean that all of his observations are incorrect. That's called moral absolutism. He did this, therefore the whole package is bad. I don't believe that. That's what's happened in the body. We now size each other up, not by our faith. We size each other, not by our trying to understand God, but by moral absolutes. Sean McCraney doesn't like the Trinity. Sean McCraney said God has manifested. He used the word manifest. That's modalist. Modalist, where does that come from? Men made it up. What does it do? It kills anybody who thinks outside the box. Modalist, assign it to Sean. He's a modalist. He's a modalist. And then it goes. And everybody says Sean's a modalist. And so everyone uses moral absolutism and says Sean McCraney is not worthy to be listened to. And guess what? Rob's ministry grows because more people come to him. The guy got on our website and he said, come over to us, the people who come to our church. Come to us and leave him, believe me, run from him, come to our church. This is what's behind this. And it was behind the churches in Joseph Smith's day. He saw it, the guy was smart. He could see what was going on with the creeds. He knew, he could hear the pastors infighting with each other out there in the burned over district and cutting each other's throats. And he said, I can do something better. Even if we just rely on people's goodwill and nature, I think I can do something better. And you know what? I'll make myself rich at it, and I'll come up with a bunch of lies, and I'll have a lot of women. Hey! And so we did it. I do not subscribe to any of that. But he may have had some good ideas when it came to the creeds. So there's your answer, brother. Secular anarchy <laughs> is completely different from Christian anarchy. If you read Leo Tolstoy, if you read Jack Uliel, if you read any of these guys who, are, who love the Lord, 
They were Christian anarchists. That's the title they used. Why? Because they refused to let any archie. Now, archie, we get architecture, first forms. We get archetype, first man. They said, we are not going to allow the archies of this world, governments, we are not going to let any of this overcome us. We are Christian anarchists, meaning Christ. We are, he, we are Christian anarchists. He is our archie. We follow nobody else. I stand by that. And, and, and it's, in, it's in the scripture. I mean, it's, it's, it's in there. He is supposed to be our head. It's all there. So I've used it in the title. I am not demanding anyone else use the title. I'm not saying you're not a Christian if you're not a Christian anarchist. That comes to the Christian anarchist. Look at the acronym for campus, Christian A, meeting to prayerfully understand scripture. We had assemblies first. Did that for about three years. I considered artists until I saw some of our guys draw. And then I said, you know, what is really at the nature of me and what do I like to teach people? And I like to teach them to hell with men, to hell with their ideas. And, and the scripture is full of stuff about not trusting men, not trusting me. It is, the, the guy called me a cult leader. Hey, I, I'm the last person to trust. Anybody who follows me is an idiot. And we make that very clear. Test all things by the word of God. I am a sinner still. And I will always be a sinful, low, wild-ass man. I say that over and over, and I just let you know. I will teach the word the best of my ability. I will throw things out there that may or may not be liked. But I'll do my damnedest to try to understand what it's saying. And you search it out, and if you don't, if you don't agree, and we have a lot of people here who don't agree with things I say, a lot. They stay because they like that we're going through the word and trying. Some leave. Some come out against us. Some get on the blogs. Who cares? Anybody here, go to Jason's church, go to Rob's church. It's okay. That's the problem. We've lost that in the body today. Because what we have are a bunch of little islands, especially in the state of Utah, where everybody is vying for the attention and money and butts in the seats. We don't work by that here. You don't like it, you can leave, and we will love you as you go. These guys are painting a different picture. So Christian anarchy... Essentially founded by Leo Tolstoy, that movement, a man, yes. Do I believe everything Tolstoy's taught? No, but I do like what he has to say, and that's where we got the name. Uh, what what um, Rob Savolka said about what I said on the show, I absolutely mean everything I said. Absolutely mean every single thing I said. Because scripture does show God manifesting himself in those ways. Uh, and, I, and I believe absolutely he manifests himself. You know, we have people come up who say, you know, I was at the bar, I was drunk, I was sitting there, and I swear God talked to me through that glass of water, and I became born again, and my life changed, and I stopped drinking, and Jesus is my Lord and King. What am I going to say? No. It wasn't one person's of three parts of equal distribution who is called the Son and the Father and this and that. And this is what the creed says and we must go by this. You know, do you really, are you really a Christian? Are you, have you really been born again? Is that really part of your nature? And then we size them up through all these critiques that the, that the administrators of critiquedom give us. I say no. You come in and you're searching for truth. We try to find it. We're going to fail. But if you find it in him and you say in the end, Lord Jesus, God in the flesh. I want to say one other thing. That Old Testament reference that is read Proverbs 340 is prophetic. Ascending and descending. It's a prophetic scripture. There's plenty of prophetic scriptures. He used one scripture out of the whole Old Testament. There's one other 
that uses the word son. It's prophetically speaking. Jesus became the son when he was born. Before that, he was called the word. God spoke in Genesis and he said, let there be, and it was. And he did, said, and this was. And he said, and that word became flesh. And John makes that perfectly clear. The, the, uh, the creeds, the Nicene creeds, and all the others say, and let me just read it really quickly. I brought it. I won't read the whole thing, so we don't have time. This is what the Nicene creed says. Maybe some of you don't even know this. I, I didn't know it. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, one God, the Father Almighty. So he's described as the one God, the Father. Maker of heaven and earth. Scripture says that Jesus made all things. Here, so right now in the creed, first five, seven words, I have a question. I mean, he made all things through his word, but is his word, I'm, I don't know. These are men trying to describe what the scripture says. I say, let's see what the scripture says. And of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the one God, so he's adding in now, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds. Did you know that, Trinitarians? That God the Father, and they use persons here, so when you're talking to a Latter-day Saint, you see an image of Jesus' beard, robe, sandals, standing next to God the Father, and Jesus is his literal Son. Persons is what they use. So we're trying to talk to Latter-day Saints about God, and we read the Nicene Creed, and it said that Jesus, Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds. So now we have something that the Old Testament does not say. We, ha we have God. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We don't have Son standing next to him before creation. You can read into that if you want to talk about his eternality, and he was eternal. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, eternal, not co-equal, not in the flesh. Jesus said, hey, the Father is greater than me. How do we have co-equal? Well, men have come up and given us all kinds of theological words to describe it. I say Jesus took on flesh, and when he was in it, he was like, holy hell, I want to do some stuff that is not so good, but not my will, yours be done. And so he goes to the Father after having done this, succeeded in overcoming his flesh, and he says, I understand these people now. Let me mediate for them, having been in the flesh. This is the type of thing we talk about at campus. Is it dead set? Is it true? Is it doctrine you must embrace? No. But it opens up the door to remove ourselves from some of the stuff that has been passed down and blindly received just because we do it. Who received it? Who passed it on? The Catholics. And then it went to Luther. And Martin Luther, not wanting to do anything different, he didn't even want to destroy the Catholic Church. He said, I want, I'm going to keep Trinity. And so it goes to Luther, and we have the Protestant Reformation, and everyone starts saying, Trinity, Trinity. It's not even in the Bible. The concepts I, for the most part, agree with. But don't call me a heretic, and don't you dare call me someone who does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, because I question it. Thank you, Sean. Okay, we're going to take uh, 15 to 30 minutes for any of you that have questions for either Sean or the other gentleman, I would ask that you keep it specifically to the Trinity and please keep it short. You guys just come right up here. Just hold back right I'll make my so correction if you want to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, stay right there. I have never met this man, Pastor Hurlbut. I apologize to him and to you. I was told that he had made a video 
and he went after me on the video. That is not the case. And so I am guilty of what I have accused them of doing, except he was in our presence uh, when I did it. He did get one of our videos. He said, Pastor Hur uh, Brian Hurlbut, and he made comments on our videos on YouTube. That's the differentiation, and he wanted that clarified. So I apologize to you publicly that he did not make the video. He just commented on ours with his name. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Um, I just wondered if you could give... Can you hear me okay? I wondered if you could just give us your uh, exegesis of the text of John 1.1 and John 1.18. If you could just open your Bible and give us how you understand those texts to be in regard to oneness and persons. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things in the Greek, depending on the Greek translation you want, the one I want, the, the, the literal Greek translation says in the second verse, all things were made by it. That's what it says. The King James wrote, all things were made by him, making it a person, making the word a person. But in the Greek original, you can look, and this can be debated too by scholars, but the Greek literal translation say, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, all things were made by it, talking about the word. Verse 18 says, okay. oh, you know what? You're gonna, I need a Bible. Uh, this was ripped out of my uh, Bible and I've lost a page. I didn't believe in it, so I tore it, just kidding. <laughs> Can I use yours? Yeah, a heretic's using your Bible there, you know. Be I careful. Have one to it too. Uh -huh, all right. uh, this is gonna be the new one, I'm a Mormon in disguise. All right, and verse 18 says, Okay, um, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him, I agree. Completely, with every word of it. And I don't think any man has seen God at any time. Any human being has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, and I believe begotten son is referring to his coming into flesh, not begotten before all things were created. I think that it's talking about that, which is in the bosom of the Father, and I believe by that it's saying that Christ, as he walked as the only begotten Son on this earth, was in the bosom of the Father, communicating with him directly by his Spirit. He has declared him by coming into flesh and revealing who God, the invisible God, is to us in flesh. So That's how I would declare. I just want a clarifying question. Yeah. With verse 1, are you saying that when we refer to the Word, I don't think anybody here that I'm aware of that would hold a different view would attribute the name Jesus to the Son in the Old Testament or the pre-incarnate Son. I've, I've actually never even heard of somebody doing that. But the uh, Nicene um, Creed does. So, it says that the Father, the Son, mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit and are persons, and the Son is Jesus. Well, it's built on the theology of progressive revelation, so it's looking at the whole canon of Scripture, okay. doctrinally speaking. My question, though, I guess in John 1, 1 is just this. Could you clarify when it says that in the beginning, the word, the actual Greek says in the beginning, the word was wasing, because it's talking about this word being eternal. Mm -hmm. And yet this word that carries the characteristics of personhood mm -hmm. was eternally wasing with one identified as God, which when you go into other texts seems to clearly be indicating the Father. So I'm just curious how you have two personages that are 
coexisting in eternity past, according to the revelation of John, and yet they're with, and in verse 18, he exegetes, is actually the Greek word at the end of 18, he exegetes the Father, he takes out of the hidden realities. So I'll sit down, I'm just curious. I I don't believe personage is in verse one. I don't think personage is there. I don't think it says personage. I don't think, I think it says the word and the word was with God and the word was- So what is the word? God's word. What, what is it? Well, in the Logos with the Greek, I yeah. think it's talking about his mind, his will, his emotions. That's his a person. Goodness. Metaphys- That's a person? Yeah, metaphysically. Metaphysically. I mean, if, you, if you study philosophy, the, uh, something that has a mind and emotion will, it's a person. Yeah, it is. I'll try to study some philosophy, but. I'd recommend it. You'd recommend it. I would, highly. Thank you. I would just suggest that I, all right, there we go. Hit and run. It's like the, it's like, uh, the hit and runs. I love them. Right. I would ask that you try to keep it quick. Please come up, state your name. And when you're finished with the question, if you could please sit down and let these gentlemen answer. Hi, can you guys hear me? Okay, my name is Casey, and I have a question for the panel and for the audience, actually. Okay, so um, you can just state it out or just say it out. So when the Bible is talking about God Almighty, who are we talking about there? Okay, so, so, okay, and then if we're talking about the Lord, who are we talking about? (laughs) Audience? (laughs) They're arguing. Okay, so I just want to read, this is in Exodus 3, Exodus 3.13, when Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is, my, what is his name? What then shall I tell them? Okay, I am, right? And then God also says to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. And then just a little further, also in Exodus 6, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. So, so did God the Father or Jesus? Who appeared? Yes. God the Father? Okay, so I appeared, to, I appeared to, how about panel? What do you say? It's Exodus 6. I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. By my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So just a question there is, is, okay. I don't care. Be at the mic, please. There are a number of theophanies in the Old Testament. Uh, One in particular, it's not the exact passage, but I believe it parallels it, is Isaiah 6, where... Uh, Isaiah has a vision of God on his throne. His train fills the temple. The holy, uh, the angels are crying, "Holy, holy, holy!" The whole earth is filled with his glory. In John chapter 12, we are explicitly told that that was Jesus who was seen, uh, which kind of creates a problem for him uh, not existing prior to his incarnation as a distinct person. But uh, um, at any rate. Yeah, uh, and I would just like to add to that theophany, I've been looking everywhere to find that, and I've been looking everywhere to find Christophany, and I've been looking everywhere to find 
Anarchy? Yeah, and I don't find any of them. <laughs> Trinity? Yeah. Theophany. So I'll tell you what, I'll drop Christian uh, anarchy if you drop theophany and Christophany and Trinity and creeds. A deal? A deal? We actually, we actually just deal with what the scriptures say. The scriptures, we are dealing with what the scriptures say. We are dealing with what the scriptures say, Jason. You're not. You're bringing in words that aren't in scripture. This is the first time you've dealt with scripture other than the passing reference to John 1. I've engaged with what you talked about in concept completely. Your words, I don't want to debate because it's useless. It's useless. You like debates. I don't know why. You're a master debater. But. Are we ready? All right. My question is who's the church? What? What denomination are, are you from, Jason? Orthodox Presbyterian. Orthodox Presbyterian. And you, sir? I'm Free Will Baptist. Free Will Baptist. Uh, and, oh, hold on. Okay. <laughs> but, but you're from a certain denomination, is that correct? Let's clarify okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not the body of Christ necessarily. Okay. I am part of the body of Christ, not because I'm a free will Baptist, okay. but because I'm a believer in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a believer in God. Okay, so let me continue. And you are, sir, Rob? Okay. And anybody so, at campus so we go have, there. We have like three different denominational religions here. Is that correct? Yes. No, no. So, religions. So Baptists are not different than Protestants, and Protestants are not, not a different, different religion. than Pentecostals. Pentecostals really? are not different than Mormons, and Mormons are not different than Evangelicals. Wait. Uh, uh, wait a minute here. Are we all one? Are we all one? In are Christ. we all one, the body of Christ? Are we his bride? Are we yes. his bride, Jason? I've said there are three persons from eternity. I just if, don't say If I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I follow him and him only, am I a Christian? Yes. Am I a Christian? If I am born again, am I a Christian? Yes. If I am baptized, Baptist, am I a Christian? All right, there we go. There we go. It's a result of belief. We got a line. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Jed. My name is Reed. Can you hear me? I was on a mission for the Mormon Church some 30, 100 years ago. I was cornered by Jehovah's Witnesses in a room and totally humiliated. I knew nothing, they knew everything. At the end of the long evening's debate, I remained of the same opinion and so did they. This is certainly pointless in my opinion. Yes. It starts with humility yes. for these very limited intellects to think they can understand the God of the universe is the height of hubris and pride. And I stand with the Apostle Paul who said, 
Now we see through a glass darkly. Neither you nor I nor Sean nor any of these individuals understand God. Your effort is to be applauded, but it is futile. Spend your time on more productive things. And that's all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I leave you with this observation. We only begin to learn when we realize that we are ignorant. Howdy, Sean. Oh, for me? How are you? How you doing, sir? Good. Good to see you. Um, I just wanted to address, I mean, these guys, I think, have done a fairly good job of, of explaining some of the reasons why we believe in the Trinity. Um, Jesus was praying to somebody. He wasn't just, you know, praying to himself he there was there was a, a person he was praying to um so some of those just simple arguments i think are good but the one thing i wanted to talk about is the concept that the trinity came from pagan ideas um i, I wonder i want you i wonder if any of you know that because i we take tours to israel every year and the canaanite temples they're all set up just like god commanded moses to set up the jewish temple they have an altar they have a courtyard, they have a holy place, and they have a holy of holies. And it's exactly the same. It's set up just like the Jewish temple was set up. So I guess my question to Sean would be, so do you think Moses got the idea of how to build his temple from a pagan? Or did he, was that, was that a, a command from God to build the temple in that certain way? Just the rugs. Okay. <laughs> also, also, Sean has mentioned in, in the last programs that um, the Trinity was a pagan concept. No. No, I said there the were pagan concepts of triad that preceded the Trinity, right. if it influenced. But I did not say the Trinity is a pagan concept. Well, I said I, it could I, have influenced. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I well, that's a big difference, Chip. Okay. Come well, on. That, that there were pagan triads that yes. might have influenced the Trinity later. Yeah. Okay. But there were also pagan virgin births. Yeah. Okay. So did that influence the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? There were also pagan resurrections from the dead were pagan deities supposedly resurrected from the dead and conquered death. Did that influence the Christian belief that Jesus conquered death? And, it, and here's my point is that, and I think you know this because Mormonism is a counterfeit, right? Yeah. Okay. The sa Satan is the master counterfeit. I agree with it. And so the fact that there were pagan triads that might appear to be similar to a trinity the fact that there was pagan virgin births, the fact that there was pagan temples that looked just like the temple. Yeah. We didn't get those concepts from the pagans. Okay. We got those concepts from, from God. And the, the idea that there is a, a three persons who have coexisted with each other for eternity and, and interacted with each other from eternity, that's a biblical concept. Okay, okay. I, would li I like to respond because, Chip, I love you, but you're preaching and I, you know, it's at me, so I want to respond. Okay. First of all, I have always admitted that there is the Father, there is the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. I have said they are eternal. I have said that. So when Jesus is praying to the Father, I say Jesus was praying to the Father. So to suggest that is errant. Secondly, I, we did, we, we're going to do probably nine, maybe seven shows on the Trinity. The very first one, this was the first official one, was when I brought out that many cultures have had triadic gods. I didn't say that was proof 
that the Trinity originated from that. But when we got to the point and when we get to the point where Constantine and his motives and what he was all about and the men that came under him and what they did, my mere suggestion is it could have influenced some of their thinking by 400 AD. Remember, these were men who, you know, they were in the Catholic church. The church had fallen apart by then and they were moving up the ranks and they wanted to please and they want to be united. That's men. So they, we put our trust in those men who are under Constantine, part of the Catholic Church, to define for us what we have right in front of us and can define for ourselves. That's all I'm saying. Okay, can I respond to yes. that? Yes. Okay. First of all, Constantine brought the bishops of the churches together, which were the pastors. The fight areas. Okay. But the pastors created a definition of God that, that Constantine didn't agree with. Constantine sided with Arius. And Constantine thought that what Arius was teaching was true. The bishops basically put their necks on the line because they, they contradicted with the emperor and could have got their heads chopped did off they, for it. Did they get their heads chopped off or did Constantine embrace what they said? Constantine allowed it, but, he yeah, didn't, but that, wasn't, that wasn't Constantine's doctrine. No, that was the doctrine of the bishops because they were studying the word of God and coming up with the doctrine. Coming up with. I have was no problem. what the Bible Look, teaches. I, again, Chip, I'm not saying that the essence of much of the Trinity is false. I'm just saying we don't need the word and we don't need the creeds. We have the Bible. That's all. Real quick, this might be remedial, but... You, you don't like the word Trinity? Have you considered using the word Godhead? I use God. That's my question. It's one God, I use God. When I but look it's at in G the Bible. When I look at Jesus, I see God. When I look at the Holy Spirit, I see God. When I see the Father, I see God. I see God. He's one God. When I start uh, saying Godhead, then I start thinking in LDS terms, and then I go back to the influence they had on me, and I start liking the Father a little bit more than the Son, because the Father's my ultimate goal, and then we start splitting it up because there's three persons, and so who's my favorite? I mean, admit it to yourselves. All of us who have cut our teeth on the Trinity for the last 10 years or more, who do you like the best in your Trinity? We're supposed to be a monotheist, and yet we have our little favorites, don't we? How does that work? I mean, really, how does that work? Good, good man, good man, you're above me, because I tend to think of well, I like Jesus, I'm scared of the Father and the Holy Spirit. What's that dude about? So I'm sorry. I'm just being honest with how I think. And, and for me, the jackass, the term Trinity and the ideas don't work. And if I don't get it as the jackass, I know enough jackasses out there who don't get it either. So let's try to get over the archaic language and come to some reason without calling each other heretics who are not Christians. That's my main point. So it's not just about the word. What do you mean? Godhead won't work. Uh, uh, we can use Godhead. You want to use Godhead? Because there are three. Thank you. Why didn't they use Godhead? Why did they use Trinity instead of Godhead? Hmm. James Thompson. James. How's it going, Sean? Very smart man here. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. Um, I think we've gotten a few things where I think you've said some things that are very, very good, and I want to try and get some clarity, because you've, you've clearly affirmed that there is one God, which is something that Trinitarians would affirm wholeheartedly. Yeah. Would you also say that there are three distinct persons? No. Okay. okay. How would you prefer to describe the distinction that you see in Scripture? Word and spirit. Okay, so you would have the Father, 
the Word, and the Spirit, yeah. three distinct personages or, no. I, again, I'm not sure, the, if there's a, is there a word that you would prefer to use other than person? God. Okay, so three distinct things. God spoke, God breathed. one divine being. Yeah, you can say things. The, the early fathers said uh, centers of consciousness. That's what they meant when they said Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were centers of consciousness. And the Son came from, was begotten by the Father. So to me, what we have here is Mormonism without the Father having a body. And I don't, I don't see God in that way through Scripture. I see God and I see Him breathing in the, in the Spirit moving. I see Him speaking and it becoming flesh. And that those words becoming flesh for us, and Jesus, God in flesh, saving us, and Jesus being God, I just don't see those, those con center of consciousnesses being completely separate and distinct individuals before creation. I see them as being God. That's my de definition. I'm the, I have a right to see it that way. And it doesn't take away from the love and devotion I have for Christ, or the Father, or the Holy Spirit. Would you say that the Father, Word, and Spirit, as you put it, are all co-eternal? Yes, absolutely. That they all have always existed. Yes. That not, none of them were created. No. And then how would you define their equality or their relationship within one God? What comes from God is equal to God. His breath, His Word, God. But when Jesus took on flesh, when the Word became flesh, He became... He, he says the Father's greater than I. He prayed to the Father that his will wouldn't be done. I see him as the model. I know he's 100% man, and I know he was 100% God. The way I see it, I've described this on our show five years ago, is God is a consuming fire. And when Jesus took on flesh, that fire dwelt within that flesh. And when he revealed himself internally on the Mount of Transfiguration, that fire, that glory was revealed. And when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, it was flames of fire that were above the heads. God is a consuming fire. God is one. He manifests himself in spirit and son, and it is fire. In the end, it's fire. I stood by that for five years. It's just that because I said I don't like Trinity that we're having this. Okay, and then I just have one closing question. Yes. And this is for the panel. How would you differ with the way Sean has described his understanding of the nature of God? Well, it's hard to answer that, James, when I'm not quite clear what Sean believes now. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't... Do you believe that the Father has been distinct from the Son, who has been distinct from the Holy Spirit before there were any manifestations or any creation? I think that they were distinct and the Father has words and the Father has breath and, and that's how they are distinct, but they're one God. Okay, but you are arguing that the word was- Co-eternal? And the word wasn't it, according to John 1, it that's wasn't what a Greek person? the says in John 2. Okay, so, and, and so the, the word wasn't a person then? Not a person. Okay. It was the word. 
Okay, so the word was not a person who became flesh. That's right. The word became flesh. Did you read John? Yes. The word became flesh. Okay, but the word wasn't a person for you. No, it was not a person. It was the word. It was the logos of God. And the word didn't have a consciousness. It didn't have a body or a beard either. It wasn't. Well, just because I say consciousness doesn't mean he's flesh in flesh. No, I know. I know. You think Ange- mind. Y- yeah, you think right. Center of consciousness. Or angels. Completely They're, separate from the Father. Not completely separate no, wait, because completely I'm not. Separate, no, because one. no. Separate, distinct They're individual. In, inseparable. For inseparable, Christians. Inseparable, but completely separate in terms of their identity. Okay, they're different in their identity. Yeah, I would refute that. You don't, so you don't believe that they are different in their identity? I think they are God. Okay, but you don't believe they are different in their identity. So the Father is not different in his identity from the Son. When the Son became flesh, when his word became flesh, yes. Okay, but not before any creation. It was God. Then you're a modalist. Okay, so you've assigned a title. There's a cross right there. Do you have the nails? Because you Call ge- Because you reject that God was three individual, distinct persons from eternity. And if you reject that, you're a heretic. It's the word. It's the word persons we're hanging up on here. That's the word that Nicene Creed used. John himself called him the Logos, not a person. That's my distinction. Okay. All right. I would differ on that one. Really? Oh, definitely. What did he? What does Logos mean? Oh, not on that. Oh. Not on that. Okay. I'll read it. You can tell me what you think. All right. Okay. And there was a man sent from John. I'm reading from John chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. John was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the light, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among them. That word is the light and it is a person. I'll end with that one. I thought it was light. I said the light. I just want to read the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Maker of heaven and earth. He just read from John where John says that Christ, the light, was maker of all things. I do misunderstand what Trinity is. And I think you do too. Yeah. By the way, the creed you're reading from may not be the correct one. Oh, there's several, aren't there? No. I, have, I haven't brought that up, but there are several of these which have been altered, no, by the actually, way. No, wait, actually, are there two? There are two. Okay, thank Why you. And are they different? Only in one statement. In okay, and what happened between the 50 years, between the first one and the last one? It wasn't 50 years. It was 50 years. No, it was not. How long was it? I will argue that. How long was it? It was approximately, you ready? Yeah. About 700 years. Okay, what happened between those 700 years when people believed the first Nicene Creed, but it changed when the second one came along? It's men, you guys. No. Three minutes. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. Good. <laughs> it is worth it. It's worth loving each other and agreeing and getting off each other's back. You want to believe in the Trinity? Go ahead. You want to believe in all the things? Go ahead. But don't attack me because I do.
I stand on the word of God. You don't. You just did. Okay. We, we, gentlemen, we'll have a couple of minutes here to close. We've got just a couple of quick minutes. Does anybody have a quick question? Yeah. Aaron Shafaloff said, one of your uh, defenders of the faith sat at a table across from me, and he said, that w what that meant, Chip, was God said to the angels of heaven as a magistrate, let us. It, you cannot use that verse as a means for the Trinity, even though many Trinitarians do. So your own apologist friend, who you guys are all in collusion with, he disagrees with your use of that. Okay? Any other? Okay, we need to hang down so, so we can hear. Well, there's Sabellianism, which this is what they're accusing me of, and they're wrong on that. That's what Sabellia said, the Father became the Son, and the Son then became the Holy Spirit, because God the Father could not be there in one place and the Son at the same time. I am not saying that. Okay. Derek, two minutes. Two Any minutes. other questions? What? I side with Aaron. Okay. You got to keep it short. Okay. Okay. Well, I believe that when God said, let us, he said it. So his word was in operation. And I think the Holy Spirit in verse two of that was brooding upon the water. So that was present. And I believe that they all coexisted eternally. So I think he's talking about the Godhead. Aaron disagrees. So it's not a difficult thing for me. I believe what it says. All right. Okay. Hey, Sean. Um, right. Question from 1 John chapter 4, verse um, 9. It says this, In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son, which is in the Greek monogenes, yeah. translated as only begotten, right. into the world. Okay. So God sent his only begotten son into the world. Explain. When God sent and the word became flesh, God became a father of an only begotten son. That's my definition. It's coming back. <laughs> he became, once he became incarnated, he became the son? Because the text says God sent his only son into the world. That means he preexisted already as a son. The way you read it is you're saying that God took his only son preexistent and sent him in. Is that how you read That's it? That's how it's to be okay. read, actually. Okay. I, I actually read it that God sent his only begotten son into the world. So the son preexisted. The son preexisted. Yeah, uh, but again, we are talking about John writing after the son had existed. So he uses the son to explain who it is. So we're supposed to read every text like that? With That's your, called context. With sort of your grid over it? No, it's called context. So John 17, then when John says something similar, that he, uh, Jesus shared the glory yes, with the did. Father before the foundation of the right. world, before the beginning of the world. And John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, cross right. face to face, right. literally face to face is what it's supposed to be meant. Okay. That is all to be understood as what? Jesus wasn't Jesus. Just till, John sort of doing well, some sort of me, Jesus wasn't, on it? Jesus wasn't Jesus till he was given the name and his name That's shall amazing. be called. So God sent his name his, shall be called. So I the father sent his only son, his monogamy, his only begotten son. He doesn't have world, any other son. But that was, he didn't really send him because he didn't really exist. Thank you. Oh, that, that's rude. That was cheap. That was just another tactic. Come on.
I answered it. You just don't accept what I said. But I okay. accept your explanation. You have to make it quick. One, one quick question. She said, how is light a person? He was using how the scripture defines Christ as light that came into the world. And she said, how is light a person? Uh, Dale? I think you have Sorry, to read Mark. that in the full context because it says that the light, let me turn to that. I can, it's, it's very clear that he's talking about Jesus. Because John said he's not the light. John, do you want, do you want to come up there? John is it. Okay, we're, we're running out of time, so I need you guys to be quick. If I call my wife my love, She's still a person. You see what I'm saying? She's still a person. So when God uses terms, he can personify, you see? And so that is what's going on with Jesus. He was the personification of the light of the word. But he always from eternity, not as Jesus, the man that was created 2,000 years ago, but as the second person of God, he always existed with the first person and with the third person. Different centers of consciousness, different wills, different whatever it is that makes up a person, those three were there before any creation there was. But Sean seems to deny it. I do deny that in the way he's explained it. Yeah. Then, then yeah. that's heresy. Everybody, that's heresy. Okay, I was asked a question. I'd like to respond to that. Uh, our, he's bigger okay. than me. No, I'm going to go from Scripture. I'm not going to give my opinion. My opinion isn't worth a hill of beans. Okay? Now, Sean thinks his opinion... Come on. Basically, anyway, Come on. let me go with this. It says... Hold on. John says he was not the light. Speaking of himself, as a person, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And that was the light which lighteth every man that come that every man that cometh into the world he the light was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not meaning god i do believe that the light clearly is god and based upon scripture and based upon what john said that that light the word became flesh the light is christ we okay? agree. That's my, that's my answer. I'm not going to argue it. We agree. I know. Yeah, we agree on something. I do agree okay. on that, Dale. I we're, do agree. You guys will have uh, your opportunity to close. Look, we're running out of time. We want to thank the audience for your questions. We've got three minutes for closing. Gentlemen, I'll give you three minutes. Uh, wrap this up. Sean will respond for three minutes. The LDS Church says that Joseph Smith was told that all the churches were wrong, that all their professors were corrupt and all their creeds were an abomination. Bruce McConkie said that the creeds of Christendom were inspired by the whisperings of demons. Then when we respond, the response is, why are you attacking us? We never said anything against other churches. Sean McCraney has uh, attacked Presbyterianism by name. I'm a Presbyterian pastor. He has attacked what he labels Calvinist, which I would disagree with his definition on. He has uh, 
Depends on uh, the definition of the term, the way you define it, not, not by, uh, yes, I am reformed. Yes, I am born again. Uh, do, I, do I get extra time for the interruptions, please? Uh, Sean and I did have an exchange. Uh, Sean's teachings, unfortunately, are not that uncommon and in terms of a host of number of things. I did not intend to address him by name. Someone who was here earlier brought him up, uh, brought up campus and I addressed it. But when Sean went on the air and described the Trinity as unbiblical garbage, when he described it as rooted more, and I'm trying to give an accurate paraphrase here, rooted more in uh, pagan polytheism than in the, in the Bible. I wrote to him and I told him I would respond. He has not named one thing I have said that did not accurately represent what he said. Folks, I've got one minute, I'm told here. Um, I've been told to hell with my ideas. I've been called a Pharisee. I've been uh, said, told that I'm no better than a Mormon. You can keep that love. That's not love. What I have asked of all of you is be good Bereans. Don't take my word for it, but don't take his either. A whole lot of people can rant and rave and feed your contempt and make you feel good in your contempt of, of pastors and churches. But Joseph Smith did it before Sean ever did. Um, so let my, let my uh, heart aside from all this, because I don't think our intellect, I don't think our understanding of this does anything to save us. I, I think that he did. And uh, my petition is for us to uh, get along. My petition is that if we have problems with each other, whether we're individual believers or we are, um, you'll note that I, I don't attack people, but I will attack theology, Calvinism, Orthodox Presbyterianism, Lutheranism, and the Trinitarianism. Those I'll go after all day long. But I don't say Jason Wallace as a Presbyterian is a rat bastard. I simply say, I don't believe in Orthodox Presbyterianism. This then launches them into the tirade against me and my person. There is a difference. They may say there's not, but there is. Uh, and I have always maintained to that, even when a certain pastor of this community got me kicked off the air through rallying the pastors, we never used his name, and I never used his organization. I think it's divisive. So my plea is, forgive me for where I'm wrong. Do test all things by the scripture. Um, hold our tongues toward each other personally. Get your pastors to do the same, who are pointing up the hill and saying that church is bad and it's uh, heretical and it's this and that. Uh, I do believe that it is faith and love only. I really, I, I, I might be too liberal here, but if somebody has faith, and somebody has love, I don't care what you believe. I really don't. And I'm talking about agape love. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They just got, I just had a whisper, ooh. 
faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, agape love, all the rest of it, you can put it in a pipe and smoke it. Thief on the cross, I wonder what his theology was on the Trinity. Did he understand any of it? Did, do, 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 do any of us really understand any of it? Our, our people today believe they do. The, the, the Baptists scream louder to make you think that they're true and right. Look at, I'm sorry to my brethren. I'm sorry to anybody here I've insulted. I don't wanna exit this world with anybody believing that I have animus toward them. If Jason, I apologize to you publicly for calling you a moron or whatever I've called you without using your name. I apologize to you, Dale, if I've insulted you. And Rob, I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart if I've offended any of you in any way. Anybody else, I apologize. So my petition is let's try to get along in this state and allow me please to differ with you on theology. Allow me as a brother. Uh, I, I hope I've clearly expressed myself. Thanks for coming. I'd like to thank our panel for being here tonight. We'd like to thank Sean. We have Sean's book in the back, it's available. It is Mormonism A to Z. Um, please take your time back there and look at that if you'd like. It's free. Free, you can't beat it, it's a great read. Um, <laughs> still a great read. I would pray that we're all one in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're going to have one more song for you. It's uh, Matthew 5, 43 and 44. And then Pastor Jason will be doing a closing prayer for us. Thank you. One, two, three, four. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless.
spitefully use you and persecute you. Could we stand together and pray? Lord Jesus, there are so many people here tonight that are passionate. We're all passionate, Lord. We're passionate about you, and we're passionate about our doctrine. We're passionate about our theology, and we're passionate about reaching our valley. God, in Jesus' name, may that passion that we represent in all those other areas, may it also be seen in our passion for one another, even when we disagree. In Jesus' name. Well, we'd like to thank our studio audience for coming. Those of you on, that are watching at home, thank you. We appreciate you. Drive safely, stay in the word, and most important, love each other. Amen. Have a great night. That's your I don't want to steal it. Oh, no, you're good. Thank you.